Well, good morning, everyone. It's time for us, I guess, to, a little pastime to begin. I'm going to have a seat. Hopefully you picked up a paper when you came in for uh, the ABCs of Acts. We'll be looking at that in a little bit. We're going to talk a little bit more about it. Marty's actually teaching the class, and I'm just filling in while he goes and plays in Disney World. And uh, But he's... They're uh, big fans of Disney World, and if you ask Marty, so you know how you been, where you going? I'm going to Disney World, like the rest of us. Been. And the other, the second thing I wanted to say this morning is, uh, yes, if you were here at the dinner last night, I am wearing the same clothes. I did not get food on them, so I thought I could just recycle today and do the same thing. So, but I'm glad you're here, and and we're going to do the best we can to get through this this morning. Um, Acts is, is a very interesting book, and you're going to get my version of an introduction today. There's a gentleman coming on Wednesday whose name I forgot. I apologize. But he's going to also be giving us some on Acts. And then Marty will be back next Sunday to do it. So you're going to get really kind of three versions of it, and you'll see from each one of us how we see sometimes Acts and not always together. That's the neat thing about it. It seems like I always learn something new every time I do the study, and we'll, we'll do that in just a second. So we'll unveil here and see if we can get the, the axe curtain up on our uh, screen behind me. Yes, worked good. Let me know if it fails, Hal, because I'll just be rolling. So. It's possibly, I guess, Acts is possibly one of the more studied books of the Bible. Uh, the number one book I found out that they... Of course, they judge us by how much you read or how often it's read. And Psalms is the very first one, which doesn't surprise us because there's so many sayings and things in there that can fit to our lives even now, even though it was written when it was. Acts, of course, is uh, written by the, uh, whoop, went the wrong way. Back up, fall out again. There we go. And I mentioned one of the books. It's also a very... Uh, book of traditions, or transitions, excuse me. It goes from one to another, from the old law where we've seen the Gospels talking about the new law coming in, and then acts as a bridge into that new law and the epistles that are coming later, the, the letters to show what Jesus' kingdom really was. That's coming down the line. It's it's the... Uh, there is a gospels to the epistles, uh, Judaism to Christianity, and a lot of grace. All those things are transitioned in Acts as we go through the study on Acts. There's always something to learn. We go through Acts a lot in different years. You know, you'll pick it up and say, oh, well, we already did that. But trust me, if you'll stick with the class, you'll find more in there than you did the last time that you uh, looked at it. That's the, the great thing about our Bible. It just... The more you read it, the more you you learn. It's it. You think, well, I've already read that. I know all about it. And then somebody will come in and point out something that that you didn't know. I, in fact, this time, the very first thing I noticed this time in my study was uh, it's kind of a little trivial thing. But uh, Luke, of course, wrote the book of Luke and wrote Acts and uh, dedicated them to a fellow named Theophilus and. We don't know much about Theophilus other than they think that he was probably some type of uh, maybe a governor, but he was very much to be respected. And in Luke, 
he addresses the the letter, if you would, to Theophilus, and he calls him most excellent Theophilus. And then when he goes to Acts, he calls him O Theophilus. The title is gone, so something has changed in that time. Uh, some scholars think that maybe Theophilus was became a Christian and he wasn't in the first part of it. We don't know, but it's just those little subtle things that change that uh, that you can pick up and learn something from, even if you didn't know anything else, like me. <laughs> so, but it's a history book. It's the link between, as we said, the Gospels and the Epistles. Uh, it's a history of the early early church. It's interesting because there's 12 books of history in the Old Testament. And I listed those for you. Joshua, Judges, Ruth, 1st and 2nd Samuel, 1st and 2nd Kings, 1st and 2nd Chronicles, uh, Ezra, Nehemiah, and uh, Esther. All those, I I think I mentioned Ruth, uh, all those books were historical. And they've been classified and breaking down that way. In the New Testament... uh, um, there's only one, and that's Acts. It's the only book in history in the New Testament, and it's the book that tells you how we got from the Gospels into the epistles, the foundations of the church itself. It shows that history of the early church testament in the New Testament. The ancient Greek uh, manuscripts that they found this with, you remember if... If you remember, Luke wrote Luke, the Gospel of Luke, and Acts, and they were two letters, and they were sent out to the churches and copied and sent out, and they were sent out together. So when the churches got Luke, they also got Acts, and that's why the two will connect, and we'll see that in just a second or so. They called it, the in the Greek, it's called the praxis. And the praxis means simply a practice, okay, like how we... Practice things, or, or an act, you can call it an act if you want, how we act, and how they acted, how they practiced, what they practiced. So the practice is a pretty good word for it, for us to know. <coughs> Excuse me. Of course, the title of the book today, you know, we see when you open your Bible, is usually the book of Acts, uh, or Acts of the Apostles, one of the two, that's what we usually are used to looking at, but it's actually practices of the acts Luke I think I got him there it is Luke was the author uh, of both books he was a very close companion of Paul in fact while Paul was in captivity in Rome he was there with him it mentions that a lot so he gets some of these things he's seen himself some of these things have been revealed to him through Paul and Paul's experiences so we get a really complete outlook of that early time of uh, the church in itself. There we go. Now, both of those books, oh, I, I told you I was getting ahead of myself, were written, but they're written on scrolls, and they were scrolls that were 35 feet long, so that's why those little scroll curly things that you see on the screen there, you would roll those across as you would read those. and Actually, roll from Left to right, I believe. Yeah, because it's backwards the way we read. We read right or left to right. They read right to left. So, but that's 35 feet. That's a lot of scrolls. So these were heavy things to carry around. When you, you got a letter from them, you know, you're glad you didn't have to go through the postal system. 
Because we had to pay the postage on it, we'd have been in a lot of trouble, I think, with the 35-foot scroll going through. The likely date was around 60 to 62 A.D. We know that because Paul uh, just mentioned Paul dying. In fact, it ends before he, you hear him die, and they know he died around 68, 69. So we know that this was in that period of time, and the period that it covers from Pentecost to the end of the book is about 32 years in history. So Acts begins exactly where Luke ends. If you read the last last lines of, of Luke, and then you go to the first lines in Acts, you'll see where he's continuing this letter. He actually stopped and said, hey, you know, uh, you heard my first letter. Here's the second addition to it. Here's something that I wanted to add to that. And that's what he does. In, in that, he reveals that they are promised a power from on high. And, of course, we know this is Pentecost, and we'll talk about that a little bit further down alone. He says, You'll be, uh, you will be given a power that's, uh, you're empowered. Now, that's a word I don't think we use very much anymore. But it simply means you're going to have the ability to do something and the permission to use it. So they were getting permission to perform the miracles that Jesus performed. They could heal the sick. They could make the lame to walk. They could, could take care of leprosy. They could raise the dead. All these things were involved in this one simple word of empowering. And you see it here in Acts 1 and 8. But when you will receive, but you will rather receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and all Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So he was giving them their the same uh, command that Jesus said when you go into the world and preach the gospel to every creature. This is kind of like the second uh, endorsement to go and preach and take it out to the, to the people. Acts represents, if I can punch the button here, I think I've got it written down, yes. It could be titled, Acts of the Holy Spirit. And why do you say that? Well, because it's simply, uh, Acts, or the, excuse me, the Spirit is mentioned 60 times in the book of Acts. We don't notice, we just, it just goes by, but it's, it's a lot of times. And we know from Scripture, if God wants you to know something, he'll repeat it and repeat it enough times to where we're supposed to notice it, where we don't have any doubts about it. So 60 times it's there in, uh, in, that, in that book. The last words of Jesus are in the book. I don't know if that's it or not. Now, there it is 60 times. Getting ahead of my notes here a little bit. The only, there's only four apostles that are mentioned in the book of Acts. And we just mentioned that the Spirit was mentioned 60 times, and we've only got four apostles that are represented in Acts. Now, those apostles, the four, of course, were Paul, Peter, John, and James. 
James is mentioned because he was beheaded, and that's all we get out of James. John, we know, he's he's in there, and he's the one that uh, uh, helps Paul in Rome, and it talks about him being in Rome with him. But that's not a lot. There was 12 apostles, and we only hear from the four in Acts. And we hear, you know, kind of even less as we go through. So these were the main characters that we know of in the spread of the gospel through, uh, through the Asian area and in Jerusalem and through all the known world at that time. There they are. There's Peter, James, John, and Paul. Emphasis on Peter and Paul's ministries. Go to the next slide. There we are. And this is Acts. This is what we really want to look at in our introduction this morning. We've got more to go, so trust me. But it presents Christianity as a completely distinct uh, form from Judaism. I've got distinct from. It should be form. I'm going to have to fire my secretary here. But um, it presents Christianity completely as a distinct from Jerusalem and that's important. Christianity at first was viewed as just another little sect of Jerusalem. That's why Paul was persecuting. We've got to eliminate this sect that's coming out of, uh, of nowhere and going in, in, in a different direction than what Judaism is. We need to stomp it out. We need to get rid of it. So that's what he was trying to do at the time. But Acts tells us how it's separated. It's not part of Judaism. Judaism any longer. It's now something new, something different, something that Jesus established. It's the fulfillment of God's chosen people. Yes, the Jews and the Gentiles are included now. Originally, it was the the Jews, but they had served that purpose of bringing the Messiah in as promised. And then from that point on, it was open to not just the Jews, but to all men. And, uh, oh, thank you. You could hear, huh? (laughs) I got the medication I'm taking makes my tongue sometimes get fat. And there's nothing worse than having a fat tongue. (laughs) Okay. So we have... The contents of the uh, contains the last instruction of Jesus to his disciples. We know, we know he gave them the great commission, and this is also giving them what they're going to find out. And it says very clearly, and being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, "You have heard from me, for John truly." Uh, For John truly baptized with water, but you shall not be baptized with only the Spirit and not many days from now. In fact, it only took 10 days. And 10 days they were in the the room in Pentecost when the uh, Holy Spirit descended upon them. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be a witness to me in Jerusalem and in all of Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. So they were getting their their commission. This is what you're going to use your power for. It's not going to be for you. It's going to be for 
the, the establishment of the kingdom that Jesus died for. It's kind of important there. It's, it's interesting, too, that, make sure I don't get to where Pentecost, uh, I'll leave that there for just a second, but it's interesting that, uh, and I may have it on here, let me, let me hold the thought for a second, uh, but this was given to him on Pentecost, and Pentecost was a, was one of the feasts that the Jews had. They had three feasts on uh, on their crops, on the harvesting. This was the beginning where they planted, and were looking forward. They had a feast uh, to to celebrate the planting, uh, and then the harvest would come along at the end, and they would have another feast. And they were big on eating. Which uh, we, you know, that was our bridge also to the Old Testament. We are big on eating here, and uh, I'm not sure if if that was uh, supposed to be connected or not, but it works, you know. So, and it, just listen to Marty; he talk about eating all the time when he's up here, and now I'm talking about it. So anyway, the feast of the of weeks was called the Shavat, and also called the feast of harvest, and we can find that in Leviticus 23, uh, 15 and 16, if you want to research that further it was 50 days past the uh, passover it was actually the second day of passover and they counted 50 days and then pentecost was in place so there was a lot of people still left there because they came to jerusalem for uh, for the passover season and they stayed that extra 50 days because it was you know it was quite an ordeal to travel in that time to move from one place to another. So when they came, they they stayed. They got hotels or relatives or whatever stayed. It was, and it's been said there was over a million Jews in Jerusalem for the Passover uh, all the time. So there was a million plus. So these people, most of them stayed. And then we see where, of course, Peter presented the, the gospel to them for the first time, and 3,000 of those people accepted it and were baptized. They believed that, uh, that this date... Uh, on Pentecost was the same day that God gave the Ten Commandments to Moses. Uh, that's that's what they believed is tradition. We don't have an actual recording. Moses said, well, on this date, I got the Ten Commandments. But this was their tradition that they felt that God had given the Torah to Moses. And that's the first five books, of course, of the Old Testament. This was the reversal, Pentecost, uh, was a reversal, what the day of Pentecost we call it, was a reversal of Babel, the Tower of Babel. Remember the story about Babel where uh, God confused, they were building this big tower, going to build it to heaven, and, and God confused their language. And when he confused their language, uh, they, had, they had to go with the people that talked like them. It was hard to build a building if you got everybody speaking a different language and nobody understands. So it caused them to scatter. It caused them to to go with their groups by language and settle. So they all splattered and got out of there. In this particular case, now we see God working in, in reverse. And at Pentecost, he empowers the uh, the apostles to preach this word in their language, whoever was listening. That was one of their marvels. How, do, how are they doing this? How can they be preaching and, and us hearing it in our own language? 
And, of course, the first thing they did is they, they, they got to be drunk. Otherwise, they couldn't do it. Well, I, I don't know about you, but if you've ever hung around any drunks or seen any drunks, they're not very cohesive. And I can't see where they uh, could have thought that this was caused because of alcohol. You know, it just doesn't fit with me. But that's they tried to, to make an excuse for them. And they tried to do this all the way through. If you remember in the New Testament, everything that happened by the apostles, there were people on the other side trying to trying to figure out some scientific explanation for how they were doing this, how they were performing these miracles, how they knew what to say, how they could could talk in other languages, and people hear them at the same time, same moment. So he he gathered them up, and he gathered them up for. Uh, For one voice, is what I want to say. The Holy Spirit gathered persons from every nation into one voice. At that particular point, that's what God was was listening for. It was for the church. That was the voice. The church, the bride, if you would, of Christ, his kingdom, and also a spirit-led ecclesia. Ecclesia just means simply in Greek, a group together. But this was a spirit-led group, not just somebody that went down and had a protest. You know, that's actually an ecclesia, but it's not the ecclesia that Acts pushes. Acts pushes the spiritual aspect of it. The kingdom, the church, the bride of Christ, the spirit of ecclesia, this was to be the new voice, the new language of the kingdom of Christ that he died for. Okay, now we're ready to get into what I thought I would do to begin with here. And this is where your little handouts will work. We're going to look at the ABC, what I call the ABCs of Acts. Okay, and I wish I was smart enough to say I invented this. I did not. I borrowed it from someone else. But it's an interesting way for you to kind of logically get each chapter in Acts and know what is in it. Uh, you won't know everything that's in it, but it'll give you a key. For instance, if I say uh, chapter 7, okay, and the alphabet, that's A, B, C, D, E, F, G. That's number 7, okay? Now, what goes with the number 7? What goes with, with G? Well, the great speech that Stephen made before they stoned him. He made a wonderful, wonderful sermon that knocked them on their ears. They couldn't, they couldn't believe what they were hearing, and it cost them his life. But it was a great sermon, so number seven would be like G, and we'll get to that as we go. So let's look at the first one here, the letter A. And I've wrote the scriptures down for you. If you want to copy them down in that little box to the left, you can do that. It's, uh, of course, the first, <clears throat> excuse me, A is the first chapter, and that's, 9 through 11, and verse 26. And you want the key words? The key words for A would be appearance. Jesus appeared to them, and through all of them for 40 days. And the ascension, where Jesus went back to heaven, where the apostles were there. And if that's not good enough, you can always use the apostles chosen. Because that happened in that first chapter as well. That's when the apostles were were picked. They picked the last one, if you remember right, because of Judas's 
uh, Iscariot's uh, uh, betrayal. They needed to replace him. Letter number two is, I believe it's B, isn't it? Yeah, the, oh, uh, that's why. Okay. There he is. This is chapter 2, verses 41, 42, 46, and 47. The B, got any ideas? Baptism? That's one. Beginning of the church? That's one. The baptism was with 3,000, of course. And the breaking of bread. Because it says that explicitly that that's what the disciple or the apostles now did. They broke bread with them. They baptized three thousand that day, and it began the church that Jesus established here. Third letter. I got to remember to push those buttons. There we go. Letter C. Again, we have. The third chapter, third letter, verses 2 to 6, verse 13, and verse 19. Key word would be cripple, the cripple cured. It's where he threw his crutches away and walked. Calling attention to glory, the glory that God gave to Jesus. Mentioned in in 3.13. And then a call to repent. Again, a call to repent. That was also on, if you remember, that was in Peter's uh, speech that he gave. Men and brethren, what should we do? Repent and be baptized, each and every one. So we have crippled, cured, calling attention, and call to repent. Chapter 4. Chapter 4, verse 3, and verses 19 and 20. The D stands for... Whoop, went backwards then, excuse me. Disciples detained. They held them up. They put them they put in irons for a little while, kept them from moving. This was in chapter 4. And also, that was the time where they stated... We are dedicated first to God. Not men, but God. And he'll mention it again further down the line. The next letter is the letter E. Letter number five in the alphabet. And like I said, these things, you're not going to remember right now, but if you keep these things, you can kind of go back and start remembering that, oh, yeah, E was, you know, that was chapter five. Yeah, okay, A, B, C, D, E, there we go. It's kind of like I learned to do my my calendars when uh, when I was in school. I could never remember the rhyme, you know, the uh, 30 days, half September, April, May, and I could never get remember it for some reason. But somebody said, well, you just count your knuckles. And you go on the, on the knuckles is January, and in between is February. That's not 30. Or 31, and then March, that's 31, and you go down through there, and it works out where the only one you got to worry about is February, it's 28 days. So if you want a new trick to do that, that's what you do. And this is what this is hopefully going to do for you. The E is number five, the 
25 and 38 and 39 in that chapter. The early error, if you remember the early error, uh, was Ananias and Sapphira's lied to God. They really erred in a big time because it cost them their life because of, they, because of their lie. So that's chapter 5. And in earnest counsel, uh, this was where uh, they first begin to talk to the authorities about, you know, what's going on, what we're going to do. Chapter number 6 is the letter F, verses 5, 8, and 11. first one was the faithful seven. This is where they they had seven guys that were there. Stephen included one of them that were very faithful and they were beginning to send them out, are going to send them out to, to teach and preach. And false witnesses, that's also in six. They brought false witnesses in to go after Stephen, if you remember his big thing in chapter seven. And there's chapter 7. And false witnesses, you could also remember that uh, what they said to Stephen when he was given his, uh, when they were counseling him and, and had him up in front of the, the judges, the Sanhedrin. And they said they looked at him and he had the, the face of an angel. I'm not sure what that was. I'm curious to that one. When, when we get there, I'm going to ask, what's that look like? You know, because that... I've seen a lot of angelic-looking people, but not not one that had the face of an angel. And so it was like an angel. So uh, if I read the scriptures right, the angels weren't all that pretty with, <laughs> with what we go back and look at. They were kind of scary-looking, you know. But I don't think that was what they were mentioning with Stephen. I think Stephen was just a, a very calm, at peace kind of thing. Again, that's my opinion, and, and I digress here. So let's go to number seven. Uh, this is the whole chapter, really, from 2 to 57. It's an easy one to remember, and that's that great sermon that Stephen made before they, before they killed him. And they killed him in, uh, by stoning. And I, I remember when I was younger, I thought, well, you know, I've had rocks thrown at me. It didn't kill me, you know, but these weren't really rocks. These were boulders, and when they would do this, they would would aim at your head until they mashed it and and then they figured you were dead. They did it to Paul, walked off and left him later in Acts and, uh, and left him for dead. So you know it had to be pretty messy to walk away from them and think you're dead and then yet he comes back. And they're like, wait, wait a minute, what happened? And uh, another another time for another class. So I'll go on <laughs> So we got the great sermon of Stephen. Let's go to number eight now. This is the letter eight, which is the letter H. And verses eight eight and verses eight thirty-six. <laughs> Interesting, I just took a drink. Here's water. Okay, that's H. Here's water. What hindereth me to be baptized? The uh, Philippian eunuch that was there. And it's also, the verse 8 was the happy uh, converts. These people, they were talking about coming in and with joy. You know, they were happy because of what they had found in this new gospel, in this new plan that God had drawn up. And how much better it was, it made them just joyful. 
And we, I think, sometimes take it for granted. We're joyful when somebody's baptized, but a week later, uh, you know, we don't pay much attention to them. Maybe we ought to be a little more joyful, you know, like they were. They were happy about it and stayed happy about it. And, and I don't know about you. I was baptized when I was about 12 years old, and uh, I, sh- I should be happy about it. Even now, I'm far beyond 12 years old, but I should still be happy the fact that I had that opportunity that God gave me and, and God gave each one of us to obey that gospel and be happy about it. And these were people that were beginning to face uh, pretty soon a very hard uh, persecution. Chapter 9, the letter I, has verse 8, verses 20 and 22, or through 22, and 40 through 41. 8 talks about Paul, and it calls into Damascus. This is where Paul was on the on the road to Damascus, and was the Lord appeared to him. He was struck blind, and all that's encountered with just those two little words. If you can remember, the chapter nine, I into Damascus, it was also an important calling because it was important for Paul. You could use that if you wanted to use it, or you could use the third one, instant life. And the instant life was where he, at the last part of that chapter on forty to forty one, where Dorcas. Uh, was raised from the dead. So all these things, like I said, are just little clues that might help you as we go along. Chapter 10 was J. Wow, time's flying. Uh, The letter J, chapter 10, verses 5 through 8 and 44 to 46. And this was the journey to Joppa. As they they were going to Joppa, Peter was going toward Joppa, and also Jews and Gentiles. It talks about them for being accepted now, and that was a hard thing for hard pill for the Jews to swallow because for centuries the Gentiles have been their enemies, and now Jesus is saying, "Open your arms, bring these people in, love them." And aren't we glad because most of us are Gentiles, and that opening of those arms benefited us. We would have been left out of if we'd have been before Pentecost. Chapter 11, K. This one's fairly easy also. Kingdom. The kingdom includes Gentiles. Pretty simple. That's verses 17 and 18 in chapter 11. Chapter 12 is the letter L in the alphabet, 12th chapter, verses 7, 10, 22, and 23. The first one is liberated, liberated again. They were in prison and they were turned loose again, the apostles, Peter in particular. And this fact, this is what this one talks about, because Peter got left at the gate by the same angel that, uh, that released him. That dropped his chains. It's always interesting. It's always an interesting chapter to me because this is where uh, the chains fell off, and he said, "I must be dreaming," you know. And here I am at the gate of the city to get out, and no, nobody stopped us. The guards were there; they nobody stopped us. We get to the gate, and the angel says, "See ya, go on." Well, then he goes, of course, where they've been praying for him, and they get met at the door, and 
and nobody wants to believe it's him. They think he's dead and it's a ghost. So this chapter to me has always been a fun kind of chapter. Kind of to me shows that God has some a sense of humor because all these people are praying and just like us, praying and praying and praying, and then the prayer comes true and we're going, I don't believe it. I can't believe that that happened. You know, oh yeah, I've been praying for it, but I can't believe it happened. You know, and that was her. That was them at that house. It's it's his ghost. It's not him. He's not. They must have killed him in prison because his ghost is at the front door. So it strikes me as being funny. (laughs) And the other part. This is also an easy way to remember this chapter. Is uh, L is learned from the worms. Got any idea where that connects? Yeah. That was where Herod put on his little silver suit and stood before the the people there in front of him in Jerusalem and claimed uh, to be God. And it, it was the suit was so bright that people couldn't see him. Supposedly, this is what history says, Josephus. So they couldn't see him, so they're kind of this way. They say, he must be God because we can't even see his face. And so he's up there taking all these accolades and all this this praise and stuff and over and all of a sudden he explodes from internally from worms eating him from the inside out and he dies. So the lesson there is in that chapter, if you want to remember, learn from worms is chapter twelve. Chapter thirteen verses two and three. 13 and 45, the 13th letter of the alphabet, the letter M. And there, easily, men are sent to preach. Or Mark turns us back. Or multitudes hear word, hear the word. So any one of those three covers the letter M, and that will remind you of chapter 13. Chapter 14 the 14th letter of the alphabet, and N. And the, this is concluded really in one verse almost, the whole chapter. 1411 says, we're not gods, we're men. This is where they accuse them of, of being Zeus, or not Zeus, but I think it was Apollos and some other uh, Greek gods, Nike or somebody, you know, that was there. Uh, and they accused them of that, and they said, no, wait a minute, we're just men. We've been empowered. Oh, there's that word empowered from on high to do the things that you're witnessing here. So not gods, but men. That's your N word for 14. 15 chapter. The letter O is 15 verses 7 through 11. And that's the Old Testament was not binding any longer. The old law wasn't bound upon you. This is where they were trying to say, well, they got to be circumcised in, as, as a Christian because uh, we've always done that. So, if, you know, that's what the Jews did to identify the fact that they were Jewish. So we need this in, in Christianity. And they're saying, no, no, that law no longer binds on the Jews or the Gentiles. So that was what that chapter was. Number... Chapter 16, the letter P. 
1632 and 33. This is an easy one also. This was Philippians converted. It's a Philippian jailer in his whole household. Remember that story. But again, this is an easy, like I said, hopefully an easy way to remember. The Philippians were converted in the 16th chapter of Acts. Am I going too fast for anybody? Anybody need to read? <laughs> need to go back? Okay. Because I'm slow. It takes me a while. Number 17 is Q. And you think, where would we use a Q? We don't hardly use that anywhere in our language sometimes. But one big word we use is questions. And that's this one. Paul was questioned on Mars Hill. Oh, yeah, I remember that story. Yeah, He was on Mars Hill talking about the the monument they had there for the unknown God. And these were all the brilliant minds, if, if you would, of, uh, in, in Greece. And they were all assembled there. And Paul says, uh, I, got, I got something for you, you know. He said, well, go ahead. Tell us what you want, what you want to know. And they, so he started telling them about this statue or this monument, whatever it was, that was to the unknown God. And they were following right along until he started talking about Jesus being raised. And then they kind of went crazy. You can't live after death. The Greeks didn't believe that. You were here to be a plaything for the gods. That was all you were good for. And Paul said, no, that's not it. We're, we're made in the image of God. What a surprise. And they didn't handle that scientific fact very well. And I think we kind of run into that somewhat today in our scientific fields. Uh, we start talking about creation, start talking about how things got here. Well, it was a big bang out of nothing. I still haven't swallowed that one. You know, you, I don't know how you get something out of nothing. I've never seen it done. Except God did take something out of nothing and make it. He just spoke it. Chapter 18. Response to Corinthians. That's the R, verses 6 through 11. I got to hurry, don't I? Yeah, we're 18. Okay, let's go to 19 real quickly. I know, that was the first bell, wasn't it? Was it first or second? Oh, no, we can't do that. I'm not done yet. <laughs> Let me give it to you real quick then. Uh, 19. You got the scriptures there 9, 10, 14, 16, 24, 27. The school of Tyrannus, where, they, where Paul taught. The spread of gospel through Asia, if you want to use that one. Seven sons of Scurva, they were baptized. It talks about them. And the silversmith's anger when they were, he was, the Christianity was cutting into their business of making idols. That's chapter 19. Chapter 20, real quickly. Uh, let's go. Come on. There we are. The letter T, 20 verse 7. Troas on the Lord's Day talked about how they were doing on the Lord's Day, the, their practices as they went. So that's in chapter uh, 20. 21 is the word you, that's under arrest or a vow or an uproar in Jerusalem. You can use any one of those yous. Uh, under a vow, under arrest or uproar in Jerusalem. Hit them buttons quicker. Come on. Let's go. 
There we go. There's the V. That's an easy one. Valiant defense. This was this was where they had to defend himself. Paul defended himself uh, against the Jews in a valuable citizenship where he pulled out the Roman citizenship card. Says you can't do these things to me because I'm a citizen of Rome. Twenty three of the W. Paul speaks of them as being a whitewashed wall or a writing to kill Paul or without charge. They had Paul in there, but they couldn't find anything to charge him with. Felix and all of them were there, and it wasn't working. They weren't doing it. X is the excuse of Felix. And this day, you almost convinced me to be a Christian. You remember that? That's in 24. 25, the letter Y, yet to prove. Again, it goes back and says, all these people that he's been going to see went to three different rulers, and none of them could find anything that was wrong, even with the false witnesses that had been testifying. That's number 25 in the letter Y. The last letter is 26. Of course, we know there's more letters in the alphabet, don't we? But there's 26 there, and there's tw- or not letters in the alphabet. There's more letters in Acts than there is the alphabet. So the letter Z is zealous before Agrippa. This is where Paul really let it fly. And he wound up being sent to Rome because of his defense. Now, we go to chapter 27. We have to use two letters, A and B, this time. And it's kind of a hard one to get into because and is for the A. South wind blew softly and B, but not long after, it turned into a tempestuous, whatever that word is, wind. Okay? And that was where Paul was on the ship. And they were the the uh, south wind started off nice, and then it turned nasty, and they wound up having a shipwreck and all that good stuff. So that's twenty seven, and the last one, twenty eight, is just last. It's the last book, so you can remember it that way. That's where Paul winds up on the island of Malta, and uh, he's witnessing, also in that chapter, from his house arrest in Rome. So all those things. Uh, cover uh, hopefully the the alphabet and then some so hopefully you got some we had to kind of rush through the last part it snuck up on me and as usual i probably talked too much but hopefully you'll, you'll be able to use that and uh, enjoy it and thank you very much for your attention and thank the lord marty will be back next week lord willing so thank you